0: the twitter files hi everybody i'm scott wingeter welcome to another episode of impolite company where we talk about all the things that you're not allowed to talk about in polite company like you know a major tech company and social media giant suppressing stories that could have potentially overturned the results of the 2020 election so on friday december 2nd elon musk released uh, a whole bunch of internal emails and documents uh, that have been referred to as the Twitter files now. Um, they released emails between Twitter and both political campaigns from the 2020 presidential election. Um, and it showed a willingness on ha- on behalf of the uh, social media giant Twitter to basically suppress stories that were unflattering uh, to the campaigns. Uh, But there was a huge slant here between um, whether or not the story leaned in favor of the Democrats versus if it leaned in favor of Donald Trump and the Republicans. Uh, The Joe Biden campaign definitely got... I I don't even know how you put a price on this. you know, if you want to look at it uh, from a financial perspective, uh, the quote campaign donation that Twitter made to, uh, the DNC and the Joe Biden campaign is incalculable. It's enormous. Um, so they, they did all sorts of things. They suppressed news stories, they suspended accounts, uh, or they outright censored these unflattering stories that broke. Um, they, they, there are emails that prove this directly from the DMC. So, so for example, it says, uh, here, here's more uh, tweets to review from the Biden team. And the response that, the, that Twitter gave to the DNC uh, was, quote, handled. That's right, handled. Like, you know, as if it were some mafia movie or something like that. Like, hey, we got a problem with this guy over here. Oh, don't worry, boss, it's been handled, all right? We all know what handled means. It's taken care of. Don't worry about it. Forget about it, right? Like, this is running just like some sort of, you know, mob, uh, you know, scene in like a like the Goodfellas or Godfather or something like that. Um, and in particular, I think probably the biggest story that was suppressed and had the most impact was, uh, the Hunter Biden laptop from hell. Um, so on October 14th, 2020, the New York post released a story about Hunter Biden's laptop. Uh, we all know that the president's son, Hunter Biden, um, how shall I put this politely? Oh, it's impolite company. I don't have to put it politely. The crackhead uh, <laughs> spilled water on his MacBook Pro and took it to a repair shop in Delaware. and then never came back, never paid the bill. And this guy who, you know, got all the data off of the laptop hard drive and put it on like an external drive, He was just sitting there stuck with it for years on end. And eventually he just handed it over to some intrepid reporters at the New York Post. So what was on this hard drive? What was on this laptop? Well, you know, being a reasonable person, Hunter Biden, knowing full well that his dad was, you know, a U.S. senator for many years, he was the former vice president, uh, he's going to be running for president in 2020. Um, You know, it seems reasonable to me that if, you know, my family were that heavily involved in politics and international business and everything like that, I certainly would go around and, you know, record myself banging hookers uh, on camera, smoking crack on camera, not to mention storing all of the emails that, you know, I had between, uh, you know, Ukrainian oil and gas companies and how I got that job on the board even though I've never had anything to do with you know the oil and gas industry or you know all of the emails between me and you know the Bank of China run by the Communist Chinese Party and I would definitely definitely if I was looking out for my family's best interest, you know, have emails on there like, oh, don't worry, we're going to save 10% off of this deal with the Bank of China for the big guy. You know, we who's the big guy? I don't know. You know, nobody knows, right? Um, This is the kind of stuff that's on this laptop, right? And so this is what Everybody in politics refers to as the October Surprise. Every election cycle, every presidential election cycle, you have some major story that pops into existence late in the campaign season. Uh, In 2016, for example, it was the in September uh, there was the you know uh, Trump making the uh, grab them by. The female anatomy comment, right? That video emerged and that was supposed to be the October surprise. And then what ended up being the October surprise in that election cycle was James Comey coming out and saying, We're reopening the Hillary Clinton email investigation. And you can literally see that 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 press conference came out on October 28th. And if you go back and you look at the polls, right after that press conference, there's an X where Hillary Clinton is going down and Donald Trump's poll numbers are rising. And anytime you see an X like that in a poll, that says up, that's where that hit. Um, You can see this too in, uh, for example, after the 2020 election in August of 2021, you can see Biden's popularity, it goes way down uh, and his disapproval rate goes way up. That's in August of 2021. And that was his handling of uh, Afghanistan and the debacle there. So there's always an October surprise, right? And in 2020, the October surprise was this Hunter Biden laptop from hell. And so the DNC, the Biden um, campaign are like, well, geez, we need to handle this. So Twitter gets right on it, right? Because there are the DNC's lapdog, right? They're they're lackeys for the DNC. And how are we going to handle this? Uh, so Twitter responded by suppressing the story, censoring the story. They they suspended the accounts of the New York Post. They said you can't share this story. They um, they suspended the White House press secretary Kayleigh McEnany's personal Twitter account. So the, the president of the United States. White House secret, press secretary can't send out tweets, right? Because she didn't even include the attachment and link to this New York Post story. She just mentioned it in a tweet and that's their boating, right? You cannot do that. No. And what was um what what was their rationale here? What was their reasoning? Well, don't you know that the FBI came around uh, and they said, listen, we, we're really concerned about Russian disinformation. That's right. And, well, when we looked at the New York Post story about this hacked material from the Hunter Biden laptop, it just had all of the red flags of, you know, Russian disinformation. That may pass for some journalists or some people out there, uh, you know, um, They may say, well, you know, we have to rely on intelligence analysts and experts to understand that. Well, that doesn't pass uh, the smell test for me because I am a former intelligence analyst and I knew right away that that was a bunch of malarkey. When I look at it and you examine it and it comes down to this whole Russia, Russia, Russia thing, right? All the way back going to the 2016 uh, election victory of the Donald Trump campaign there and the Russian collusion story, none of that ever made any sense. It, it never passed the smell test to me. When Obama was president in 2014, Ukraine's eastern province uh, was invaded by Russia, remember? They, they took um, Sevastopol um, and the Crimean Peninsula, and what was the response of the United States? Yeah, well, you, you really shouldn't do that, Russia. That was, that was the response of the United States. It was weak. It didn't do anything about it. Who was Secretary of State during this time? Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton was the Secretary of State. She was in charge of the foreign policy of the Obama administration when Russia invaded Ukraine the first time. So it never made any sense to me why if she was elected president in 2016 instead of Trump that that type of foreign policy wouldn't continue now ask yourself this if you're vladimir putin right how which president would you rather have in the oval office if you have all of these plans of you know quote world domination, starting with the nation of Ukraine. Would you rather have Hillary Clinton that basically sat on her hands and did nothing when you invaded Ukraine? Or would you rather have this unknown guy, Donald Trump, who, you know, is blustery and bold in the way that he talks? I think that a smart guy like Vladimir Putin would much rather have had a Hillary Clinton presidency, just as he much rather would have had a Biden presidency in 2020. You'll notice that he didn't do anything during the Trump administration. You notice the second that (laughs) Biden is president, he starts ramping up his immobilizing troops on the border and then invades Ukraine once again in March of 2022. So it never made any sense to me to try to pin you know russian collusion russian disinformation on the gop nominee for president when y- as a russian if that's your plans and that's your geopolitical goals uh you would much rather have i think history proves a democrat in that office because what has been our reaction to the second invasion of ukraine we've just throw money at the money at it right we're not going to do anything we don't do anything in response to russia invading ukraine still haven't so it doesn't make any sense and it's just ironic to me how these fools you know remember the washington compost i'm stealing mark levin's um you know name for the washington compost hat tip mark levin um (laughs) as one of your loyal backbenchers uh (laughs) Democracy dies in darkness. Remember their phrase? Democracy dies in darkness. Well, yeah. You're kind of right. I mean, I we're not a democracy, but you know, to me, that more than anything demonstrates uh to be true when you have the world's largest freaking social media company literally in collusion. Remember, Anybody who's interfering in free and fair elections, they're the devil. They're the enemy. They, mm, they're bad news. They're bad actors. Well, doesn't that make Jack Dorsey in all of Twitter during this time period uh, bad actors? Doesn't that make them the devil? Doesn't that make them the ones that are, they're the ones that are interfering with the free and fair elections, right? Um It's just so disgusting. And we know that it's more than just, you know the social media company, right? Because now we have all of these, of course, constitutionalists on the left, you know, they hate the constitution 24 hours a day, but when it's politically expedient and convenient for them, that's when they get out there and they say, well, I just love the constitution and we have to defend it, you know, and then the constitutional experts from the left come out, right? Oh, this technically isn't an example of, you know, a first amendment right okay because what does the first amendment say and they're right in saying this that it says congress shall make no law well that's true all right and i'll get back to that point here in a second and show you how this is actually a violation of the first amendment but hold on stick with me here If Twitter, which is a private company, decides that they don't want to put out the New York Post um, article, that is not a violation of the First Amendment. They are correct, all right? The First Amendment and through the 14th Amendment, which basically added... To state governments, the obligation to follow the Bill of Rights and local governments as well by proxy, Um, the government itself, whether it's the state government, the local government, the federal government, they cannot, uh, you know, inhibit freedom of speech or freedom of the press. But a private entity, Twitter, they they can. They can, you know, it's kind of like me. I can say what I want on this show. I don't have to give... You know report, reports on flattering stories about Biden. If I don't like Biden, if I decided that that's what I wanted to do, or oh, okay, fine. Nobody controls impolite company except for me. Fair enough. But here's the problem: <laughs> you have a don't tell me that nobody has a problem with a major corporation that basically is in charge of what has become the public square. All right, colluding with a major political party uh, to the detriment of the other political party in order to get their guy elected. Number one, that is not, that's not good. That is not good for America, right? People should have been aware of the story and should have been able to make a decision about it. Number two, yes it's not technically a violation of the first amendment but when you're putting things out on twitter and you know you only have a certain amount of words that you can put it out it's much easier to say violation of first amendment than to spell out the whole idea of free speech because it's not just all right the first amendment is just taking a small slice of this idea called free speech okay and twitter is suppressing Free speech when they're shutting down a story that is demonstrating the corruption of the entire Biden family. All right. And I'm not just talking about oh, the fact that Hunter Biden's smoking crack and doing prostitutes on camera like a fool. I'm talking about the emails that, you know, he was able to set up companies and get positions with foreign entities thanks to the proximity that he had with his father, who at the time when he was getting these deals was the sitting vice president of the United States. All right? It demonstrates their corruption. And if he's able to pull this stuff off when his dad is vice president, what's he going to be able to do when his dad's president of the United States? We'll see, huh? Because I'm sure they've cleaned up their act, right? No, absolutely not. So we know that the FBI has been involved in covering up this story, uh and they're the ones that were peddling the well, it could be Russian disinformation uh nonsense. We know that because of Mark Zuckerberg's uh testimony. Uh As of recent, like he said, you know, the FBI came and they said all this stuff. And, you know, we just decided on the, we decided to err on the side of caution here because it seemed to fit a lot of the things they said that it would, right? And let's not also forget who was the general counsel at Twitter? Who was their top lawyer uh, during this time period? Well, it was a guy named James A. Baker, all right? And James A. Baker used to be one of the lead lawyers at the FBI uh, and he was the one who was peddling the Russia, Russia, Russia collusion nonsense. He was a part of Operation Crossfire Hurricane when they were trying to set Donald Trump up as saying he was just Putin's puppet and all of that nonsense where we spent two years, millions of dollars, hired a special counsel to investigate and they said, well, actually, that didn't actually happen. So, um... <laughs> All of this is to say that this is a disaster and this is a mess and it is a big deal. And while it's technically not a violation of the First Amendment, like I said, uh, that only holds true while it was the Biden campaign. However, now that it's the Biden administration, They were still doing the same thing. They still had all these back channels to all of these people that worked at Twitter that were, you know, sympathetic to the Biden administration and they did the same things when he became president. Now, you can, I would love to hear comments here on the channel from all of you leftist constitutional experts. Defend that. Tell me that's not a violation of the First Amendment. I'm really excited that Elon Musk has shared all of these internal emails and files and everything uh, from the Twitter files with the public. I think it really is a big deal. I think that we need to look further into this, and I'm looking forward to more uh, instances of this type of stuff happening at these social media companies because something needs to be done. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to Impolite Company, presented by The Dockline. If you like what you heard, be sure to rate our podcast and leave a five-star review for us.